Hare Krishna. Welcome to this episode of AMAM, Ask Me Anything Mondays. And this is episode 14 of this series. And we have switched the frequency of this series. Instead of doing once every two weeks, we are doing once every month now and replacing the other three weeks. So once in four weeks, this will come. And the other three weeks, we are filling it up with a new series, which we have started uh, this month. December, uh, which is the song, studying Vaishnava songs. So, we'll say our prayers and get right into it. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Agyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tamsajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dinabandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavane Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So welcome to this episode 14 of AMAM. It has been quite a while, about a month, since we have done this um, this series, AMAM. Anyway, now, the, now it's going to be once a month, <coughs> and the other, other three Mondays are going to be studying Vaishnava songs. Okay, so let's get into the questions. So, before uh, addressing the Facebook questions that we have, uh, that we have sent the link for, we are going to answer some of the questions which came uh, as comments in the YouTube videos, some of the latest videos, and in the last AMAM session, something like that. So, <coughs> I have collated some of them, and I'll answer, I'll answer them first, I think about two or three questions, and then we will start with them questions that were actually asked for today's session i hope that's all right with uh, with you all and the first comment it was not exactly a question i will just put it up on the screen Uh, question from 
Jose Regalado. My most respectful obeisances unto you and Sri Krishna. I play guitar and like to sing, but I only play mundane music. And I would like to transform my understanding of music to actually play Vedic music. I would like to speak to you if possible. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Maybe I should send him a... I don't know, I have no contact details. Maybe you can message me on Facebook or, you know. Yeah, I think Facebook Messenger would be good. Maybe a link to my profile can be, uh, you know, replied as a comment to this comment. Um, anyway, since uh, I brought it up on the screen here. So, regarding playing instruments. So, Srila Prabhupada was liberal in allowing uh, devotees to use instruments, especially in the beginning. Uh, and he did not object to the playing of guitar and all. But in the temple, official... Kirtans, I mean, in front of the Lord and all. <coughs> he wanted in uh, traditional instruments. Um, Kartal Mridanga. And if possible, Harmonium. And sometimes uh, we have seen also flute, um, veena or violin being played. Guitar, well, <coughs> it was not uh, very much encouraged. But, uh, you know, I think if you can play guitar, then you can always play another, like veena or violin. Violin is a bit diff different, but even harmonium for that matter. The main thing is to um, please the Lord. He doesn't need very uh, grand, um, like a symphony or, you know, kind of uh, uh, orchestra. The main thing is not talent. The main thing is the devotion. So, we have to sing with our sincerity. Uh, that's the main thing. That's the main ingredient, actually. Um, you want to transform your understanding of music to play Vedic music. Now, we are, on, we are not musicians, actually. We, we use music in the service of the Lord in playing and singing Vaishnava bhajans. But our focus is not music. See? Our focus is singing Vaishnava songs and singing Hare Krishna like that. So uh, the subject matter should be Krishna, Krishna consciousness. Our movement is movement for Krishna consciousness. Not to become musically inclined or this inclined, but if in the course of, you know, uh, doing our service, if we can use music or any other talent, that's fine. But the focus should not be that talent per se. It should be Krishna consciousness. So I suggest, you know, um, Mr. Jose, I think they pronounce as Jose or something. Jose Regalado. I think Jose. I think so. <laughs> so, um, so for you, I would suggest first you read our books. That's where it actually all begins to really understand our philosophy, and then we can actually be focused in what is actually first. Our our we have to unite. Our principle of unity is. Might be a Filipino. Hmm. It would be nice if you could clarify with him and get his contact. Okay, Rajagishwar Prabhu has given a comment here. He says the name of the person whose question you posted suggests that he might be a Filipino. 
it would be nice if you can clarify with him and get his contact well if you are from philippines then you can actually contact my brother he's there um i think the link to the facebook page of philippines can be um here as a comment so <clears throat> so basically you start with our our unity our principle of unity is krishna so it is all centered on krishna and then of course you can you know you can play your musical instruments but again the focus should be krishna so that should be the central point and then yes all our other talents that's why there is a nice verse i'll just take it out here shrimad bhagavatam first canto fifth chapter verse number 22 idam hi pumsas tapasah shrutasya va shrishtasya suktasya ca buddhi dattayo avichyutorthah kavibhir nirupito yaduttama shloka gunanuvarnanam learned circles have positively concluded that the infallible purpose of the advancement of knowledge namely austerities studies of the study of the vedas sacrifice chanting of hymns and charity culminates in the transcendental descriptions of the lord who is defined in choice poetry so um when we say advancement of knowledge all aspects of knowledge and music is one of them so everything the infallible purpose of all these things should be the glorification of the lord so if you can understand this principle then that will be very uh, helpful for everyone so next uh this is a common question i think i don't have to repeat myself but i'll just put the question since it came and maybe this part of the video can be shared as a link i mean as an answer as a reply to this comment on youtube um queen of the south okay whoever so hari krishna what application do you use for the texts uh, we have explained this many times i think i have addressed this about in about couple of live streams before and uh, probably i think uh, we can share that link as a reply to this comment <coughs> next Okay. This is a question by Adit Vijay. Let's put it up on the screen. So the question is, Hare Krishna Prabhu, Dandavat Pranam. Prabhu at one thirty-two. Actually, this is uh, regarding a. This is regarding a video, a wisdom bites video, which is part of a lecture video. uh the wisdom bites was titled the futility of trying to enjoy lakshmi without narayan so <clears throat> he is actually referring to that video anyway he said it is said that ravan wanted to enjoy sita but then some say that ravan was a good devotee of shiva and was a man who followed the principles and respected women so he never wanted to enjoy sita devi rather he took her away as he was angry on lord ramachandra so do you understand this prabhu or how do we understand okay so i think it's uh, i don't know where you heard it from but it's absolute nonsense um 
Rahuna never respected women. He, in fact, was raping every woman that he could until he was cursed by um, Nalakuvara, um, who was the son, who was the son of uh, Kuvera, because he raped his wife, Rambha, and after that, Nalakuvara cursed him that whoever, whichever woman he touches and tries to rape her, he will immediately fall down dead. And for that reason, he did not touch or he did not try to sexually uh, abuse. Although he took away Sita, he did not try anything sexual with her until he received her confirmation also. But she, of course, he never got it. She, he wanted to get her, uh, what is it called? Uh, what is the word for that? Um, I mean, consens consensual? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like both of them agree kind of thing. So, only if the woman agrees will he will he have a relationship with the woman. So, that's why he was keeping her in the Ashokavan and he was trying to get her uh, approval. But he never got it. In fact, he was cursed as, you know, as a, <laughs> as a reply, he got cursed. And therefore, he became, I mean, he was ruined by the curse of Mother Sita. So, uh, he is, see, good devotee of Shiva doesn't mean that he is actually a good person. That's why, two kinds of people. Dvaubhuta sarga lokesmin daiva asura evacha vishnu bhakta smrito daiva asurastad viparyayaha. So, two kinds of people are there in this world. One is godly, one is demoniac. Or one is saintly, one is demoniac. The saintly people are those who are devotees of Vishnu. And every anyone who is against Vishnu is a demon. So, you may be, I mean, anyone may be a devotee of any demigod. Actually, that's not devotee. Devotee means he devotes himself. But in order to get something in return as a boon, that is not a devotee. He is just like a merchant. He does all these austerities to satisfy the demigods. But then he gets those uh, benedictions and he becomes proud. That is, um, you know. Devotee means, you know, no other desire. That, that actually is only possible with Vishnu. The pure devotional service is only possible with Vishnu. You see, here Krishna says himself. Atomam sudurāradhyam Hitvanyan bhajate janaha tatasta ashutoshebhyo labdharajya shriyodhataha mattaha pramatta varadan vismayantya avajanate. Because I am difficult to worship, Krishna is saying, people generally avoid me and instead worship other deities who are quickly satisfied. When people receive kingly opulences from these deities, they become arrogant, intoxicated with pride, and neglectful of their duties. They dare to offend even the demigods who have bestowed benedictions upon them. And apart from the demigods, they also um, dare to offend the Supreme Lord Himself. Of course, they are always against the Supreme Lord. That's why they don't go to the Supreme Lord. Hiranyakashipu worship Brahma, Ravana worship Lord Shiva. To get benedictions so that they can harass the devotees of Krishna. That's the whole point. They never... So, it cannot be said... Who, I mean, which rascal is saying that, uh, 
and Shiva was a good man, good devotee of you know, and a man who followed the principles and respected women. What principles? I mean, he was very talented, yes, but he was against Ramachandra and Brahminical culture and everything. So, where is the good quality? The demon does not mean one with fangs and Ravana was actually very handsome, very, very qualified materially. Musically also, he was very talented. Everything he was talented. His biggest problem was he was against Ram. He was against the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, that was his biggest problem. So, why he was angry with Ramachandra? For what? You say that he he never wanted to enjoy Sita. Rather, he took her away as he was angry on Lord Ramachandra. So, why should he be angry on Ramachandra? Did you read Ramayana? The whole point was that uh, his sister, Surpanaka, was, her nose was cut and she went to complain to Ravan. Of course, she went to, you know, Khara and Dushan and they fought with, you know, Ram and Lakshman and of course, they were killed. And after that, uh, when Ravan was uh, made known these things, then he was slightly angry, but it did not incite his anger to the level that he would actually would uh, pick up a fight with Lord Ramachandra. Even he seeing his sister's nose cut, he was not that incensed. I mean, he was angered pretty much, but his desire to actually go to Ramachandra, there was no incentive for him. But when the sisters, knowing his, um, you know, uh, demonic mentality and his uh, weakness for women said that oh Ramachandra's wife is very beautiful she is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen so when he, she described her like that Sita then his interest came his interest became very focused yes now I have to get into this act so that's how he in fact started so how can you say that he was angry he was angry on Ra- Ra- Ramachandra. He just wanted to enjoy Sita. That's his main purpose. Ang- anger on Lakshman and Ramachandra was secondary actually. His enjoyment was the first. Hmm. Anyway, I have done a, I have done an article on this, on this very point. In fact, more points are there in that article. Maybe a link to that article can be shared in the comment section by the moderator. You can read the article, it answers all these, in fact, so many, in fact, much more elaborate, many arguments, you know, by demoniac people who try to support Ravan's intentions <laughs> and Ram's intentions. Hmm. Next, this is from, okay, this is something else. Okay, so to this is these are the questions. First question by Ashutosh Gupta. Let me just put it on the screen. Okay, here we go. Ashutosh Gupta. Hare Krishna Prabhu, all glories to Prabhupada. My question is from Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 16. Can you please explain me why Prabhupada has said that directly becoming father of Lord as Mayavad? Yeah, so Anyone who thinks of becoming Krishna, that is Mayavad. Mayavad, they want to become one with the Lord, Advaitam. Now, in the Nectar of Devotion, it is stated that anyone who wants to become the father of Krishna, that is also Mayavad. Why? Because Nanda Maharaj, Yashoda, Vasudev, Devaki, these are all eternal associates of the Lord. They are personal expansions of the Lord. 
they cannot be uh, replaced <laughs> just like krishna cannot be replaced uh, these associates cannot also be replaced yashoda you cannot become yashoda no yashoda is her position is fixed that's it uh, what we can become is one of the servant of the servant of the servants of these residents of vrindavan they can follow in the footsteps of yashoda or nanda maharaj like that and that too not immediately and don't start tomorrow okay prabhu i am following yashoda nanda maharaj footsteps no you have to follow our spiritual master's footsteps and that is called dasana dasana das ah uh, shri prabhupada's footsteps following his instructions but anyway coming back to the point we can follow in the footsteps of the residents of vrindavan but not become them so to become one of them is same as becoming one with the lord that is again maya that is why it is called maya vad same <clears throat> next ashutosh gupta again The second question is from the 18th chapter of Nectar of Devotion. In the last few pages in the chapter, Prabhupada discussed about para and shadow attachment. Could you please explain the difference between the two? Uh, last few pages in the chapter. Chapter 18. Let's see. I think I, I kind of understand what is that about. para and shadow attachment Hmm. So here is a shadow attachment or para attachment. Let's see. Let's read about it. Okay. There are many so-called devotees who artificially think of Krishna's pastimes known as Ashtakaliya Lila. So Ashtakaliya Lila are very intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna, and they are not to be discussed by ordinary devotees. So um, these are only meant for liberated devotees. some devotees here prabhupada is saying who artificially think of krishna's pastimes known as ashtakaliya lila sometimes one may artificially imitate these pretending that krishna is talking with him in the form of a boy or else one may pretend that radharani and krishna both have come to him and are talking with him such characteristics are sometimes exhibited by the impersonalist class of men and they may captivate some innocent persons who have no knowledge in the science of devotional service in fact <laughs> there was one lady who was coming here uh, many years ago she used to uh, tell uh, newcomers that she she was talking to tulsi maharani and tulsi maharani was talking to her you know these kind of people are not uh, some screw loose you know 
So, <clears throat> such characters are sometimes exhibited by the impersonalist class of men and they may captivate some innocent persons who have no knowledge in the science of devotional service. However, as soon as an experienced devotee sees all of these caricatures, he can immediately evaluate such rascaldom. <laughs> because, I mean, even Six Goswamis and even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, you know, they were crying in separation from the Lord. They never said that, oh, Krishna has come, okay. Uh, of course, he, the, the devotees, the pure devotees are always Santa Sadaiva Hridayeshu Vilokayanti. They are always seeing Krishna, but they don't advertise like this. They don't advertise. And show off to everybody, oh, I'm, I just spoke to Krishna, you know. And they, don't, they don't advertise like this. If such a pretender is sometimes seen possessing imitative attachment to Krishna, that will not be accepted as real attachment. It may be said, however, that such attachment gives the pretender hope that he may eventually rise on to the actual platform of pure devotional service. This imitative attachment can be divided into two headings, namely shadow attachment and para or transcendental attachment. Even imitative attachment is divided into two, namely shadow attachment and para attachment. If someone without undergoing the regulative principles of devotional service or without being guided by a bona fide spiritual master shows such imitative attachment, this is called shadow attachment. Sometimes it is found that a person actually attached to material enjoyment or salvation has the good fortune to associate with pure devotees while they are engaged in chanting the holy name of the Lord. By the good grace of the Lord, one may also cooperate and join in the chanting. At that time, simply by the association of such pure devotees, the moon-like rays from their hearts reflect on him and by the influence of the pure devotees, he may show some likeness of attachment caused by inquisitiveness but this is very flickering. And if by the manifestation of such shadow attachment one feels the disappearance of all material pangs, then it is called para attachment. Such shadow attachment or para attachment can develop if one associates with a pure devotee or visits holy places like Vrindavan or Mathura. And if an ordinary man develops such attachment for Krishna and fortunately performs devotional activities in the association of pure devotees, he can also rise to the platform of pure devotional service. The conclusion is that transcendental attachment is so powerful that if such attachment is seen manifested even in some common man, by the association of a pure devotee, it can bring one to the perfectional stage. But such attachment for Krishna cannot be invoked in a person without his being sufficiently blessed by the association of pure devotees. So, um, okay, this is uh, transcendental attachment, either shadow or para, can be nullified by different degrees of offenses at the lotus feet of pure devotees. If the offense is very serious, then one's attachment becomes almost nil. And if the offense is not very serious, one's attachment can become second class or third class. If someone becomes attached to the principles of salvation or to merging into the existence of the, of the Brahma Jyoti, <coughs> his ecstasy is gradually diminished into shadow and para attachment or else transform into the principles of Ahangropasana. This Ahangropasana describes a living entity when he begins spiritual realization by identifying himself with the Supreme Lord. <coughs> this state of self-realization is technically called known as monism. The monist thinks himself one with the Supreme Lord. Thus, because he does not differentiate between himself and the Supreme Lord, 
it is his view that by worshipping himself he is worshipping the supreme whole so anyway um this uh, shadow attachment i mean i can give you an example like if you watch some of those videos of shri prabhupad when he was right in the early years 1966-67 and Prabhupada was chanting in the room Hare Krishna Hare Krishna then he, the camera pans to all the people who are in the room and half of them were high on drugs <laughs> and <laughs> they still you know experience some kind of ecstasy some kind of um, you know some kind of um, uh, you know ecstasy you may say you know that is attachment they get attached to um, uh, very simple things which are ordinary for any, any devotee a devotee ordinary will ordinarily will do these things but they get attached to these things they they like it you know they sometimes you know they like the chanting they like the you know they they you know seem to show signs of ecstasy even you know like you know like but actually all these are shadow attachment they are very flickering but that is happening in the association of devotees but if they actually associate with a pure devotee and actually follow the regulatory principles then it will eventually become a uh, steady attachment and that will take years i mean this is not something that is to be imitated uh, but it will take uh, you know we have to get into the steady execution of devotional service so in the initially you know sometimes you know we feel uh, so i mean how to say excited you know because something very new and we feel excited about everything in devotional service we look at the painting i i remember myself i used to look at the paintings and i was like wow what kind of paintings are these you know so nice and i was just keep on staring at the paintings in the beginning years you know when i just joined just before i joined actually uh, i used to look at all the paintings of shrimad bhagavatam i used to there is there was a website i think shrimadbhagavatam.org or something like that i used to in my polytechnic when i was studying actually in college at that time i used to go to the e learning room and i used to open the internet browser at those days you know 2005 internet was like not very it was new i mean it was there but not as much as as much as bombardment of social media no social media then back then maximum you would have a yahoo messenger so um, i went to this internet and this website shrimadbhagavatam.org or something and i would just go one by one all the pages and i would just look at the paintings and just stare at them and look at all the details of the painting wow they're so nice you know so i was you know <laughs> so now of course i i don't have time to look at those paintings so much but we get busy with service so you know different aspects of krishna consciousness sometimes even the smell of the incense when you come into the temple wow you feel ecstatic you know you feel so all these things are there and sometimes we see also that devotees when they leave devotional service and return after many many years you know again when they enter the temple that smell of the incense will bring back nostalgic memories of you know when they were in devotional service and all those activities that they did so all those things so um so in the beginning especially there is attachment like that i mean you you become attached but then it's not completely based on knowledge and lot of sentiment involved and you know somehow or other some attraction is there but then it's not mature and it's flickering and it's because we are not steady in our devotional practice 
so these are all shadow attachment but with the association of devotees then it becomes a real attachment steady attachment that's called that's the nishtha platform nishtha means steady and then ruchi and then asakti uh, then bhava prema like that so of course um here it is said such attachment can also uh, when we go to mathura vrindavan also you know first time especially we become because we have been hearing so much about vrindavan and mathura and mayapur and you know chaitanya mahaprabhu and when then we go there for the first time it's like wow i have come to the place of krishna you know <laughs> so these symptoms like i remember when i first uh, went in, went to vrindavan oh my hairs were standing you know wow i am in krishna's place but it's not like i am completely in ecstasy of love of god or something like that but just that you know because we have heard of it so much and then we actually land there it's like you know um so in fact uh, a few few of us actually went for the first time then i think in 2006 i remember and um, you know we took the dust and you know we put on our head and everything when we you know when when we came to vrindavan when we got on the bus immediately we took the dust and put on our head so it's like you know very uh, excited you know but then that excitement for pure devotees it's always there in fact it's not just um out of sentiment they actually fully see the real vrindavan hmm. we you know with our present senses cannot really appreciate vrindavan some people some devotees they say many times we come across oh i want to you know settle down in vrindavan no i just want to chant you know and 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 peacefully pass away there or retire there in vrindavan it's not possible dham vasi to to stay in the holy place uh we have to be first of all spiritually advanced and if actually one is spiritually advanced wherever he is that will become a holy place hmm narottam das thakur has sung teerth yatra parishram keval maner bhram uh, so the 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 endeavor to go to holy places is just a mental concoction mental satisfaction but actually there is no need but that does not mean we don't need to go to any holy place the thing is if we just go to holy place simply in the bodily consciousness that is um mental some mental oh i have gone to some holy place but actually my consciousness is what you know materialistic like i remember when we went to jagannathpuri um we were putting up in a hotel and the hotel room has a big tv screen there are people are coming for pilgrimage why do, why they should watch something which is materialistic so it defeats the purpose that's not devotional consciousness you see so uh, that is not going to a holy place going to a holy place means with uh, full reverence for that place and actually uh, a pure devotee can actually appreciate the holy place of course it does not mean that when we are not pure we cannot go we must go I mean, it's not condemned <laughs> we should go to holy places but we should understand that holy place is there where the lord is glorified even if it may be hell that becomes a holy place like wherever shri prabhupad went uh, he went to the tomkins square park tomkinson square park in new york and he was chanting hare krishna that is a holy place now the matchless gift shop that is a holy place because prabhupad has set foot there and he preached mm. the mission of chaitanya mahaprabhu was going outside india that was the beginning 
and all these things are holy places wherever not only there temple is a holy place now this iskm singapore this is holy place but i should be krishna conscious there is no point being materially conscious in the holy place see the whole thing is our mindset where is our mind even if you are in the hell if our mind is thinking of krishna then that is holy place if we are in vaikuntha but we are thinking of hell and that is hell <laughs> so like that ajanya is asking then initial enthusiasm is a fake feel it's not fake krishna gives us some enthusiasm to kick start our devotional life but then <laughs> uh, that enthusiasm has to be sustained and initially we are just enthused because of you know it's new mm. but then also it of course it's it's full of meaning it's full of you know so this is shadow attachment it, it's it's the initial boost krishna gives us some inspiration and then we have to take it further uh, people you know sometimes especially devotees become a little bit uh, demoralized oh i used to feel some you know some so called ecstasy and now i'm not feeling that uh, why why see the thing is they came innocently into krishna consciousness and you know they are excited about the whole thing and they like you know they like what they hear about krishna and everything but then they start to see uh, krishna consciousness as a means of sense gratification am i feeling good they want to feel good by doing krishna consciousness the focus becomes again on them that's when it starts to wane so i mean in the in the initial stage this is what happens because we are in the aparad stage we are doing so many aparad see so when the focus comes back on us then it becomes again so that's why our thing is not to uh, extract some kind of uh, enjoyment from krishna consciousness the enjoyment will uninterruptedly come i will show you suprasidati 1 2 6 see this savaipam sam paro dharmo yato bhaktir adhokshaje ahaitukya pratihata yayatma suprasidati this word suprasidati means what completely satisfied hmm. the supreme occupation dharma for all humanity is that by which man can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendent lord such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self so in the beginning we we become enthused right so but the thing again because we are conditioned to always seek happiness in everything anandamayo bhyasa we want we want to be happy that's natural but we want it in a selfish way the actual process of getting happiness is to satisfy krishna and then krishna will in turn satisfy us like the finger if it wants nourishment it must food put food into inside the stomach and then the stomach will nourish the finger but if it wants to directly eat the food the finger if the finger wants to eat the food it cannot it will be frustrated in its attempts so this directly trying to seek pleasure that is wrong so when even when we come to krishna when we feel that pleasure and then suddenly when we want that pleasure then it is again we becoming selfish we don't care about krishna we want krishna to give us pleasure when i am chanting hari krishna i want to feel happy 
so that um, using it as a means of um, mental manoranjan uh, you know like uh, what is it called entertainment that then krishna will uh, will not allow himself to be enjoyed so then we start to contemplate hey, why, why this happened so because these are all offenses there are so many offenses to be avoided so there are nama aparad seva aparad dham aparad vaishnava aparad uh, what is that um, what is that deity worship actually comes under seva aparad so all these aparads are there which we need to avoid so then we guess yes again get the that's what that is a nishtha platform i think let me for those of you who haven't seen the verse many of you have seen but let me just show this see adav shraddha tatah sadhu this is these are the chronological stages of advancement in devotional service okay adav means first shraddha tatah sadhu sangha ath bhajana kriya tato anartha nivrittih syat tato nishtha ruchis tatah ततः अथ आसक्ति तथा ततः प्रेमाभ्युदंचति साधकानामयं प्रेमनः प्रादुर्भावे भवेत् क्रमः सी इन द बिगिनिंग देयर मस्ट बी फेथ आदो श्रद्धा देन वन बिकम्स इंटरेस्टेड इन एसोसिएटिंग विद प्योर डिवोटीज साधु संगम देयर आफ्टर वन इज इनिशिएटेड बाय द स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर एंड एग्जीक्यूट्स द रेगुलेटरी प्रिंसिपल्स अंडर हिज ऑर्डर्स दिस इज भजन क्रिया सीरियस एंगेजमेंट नाउ स्टडी रेगुलर एंगेजमेंट then thus one is freed from all unwanted habits that is anartha nivritti hmm. how we will be get freed from all unwanted habits by chanting we become purified and of course it depends on how much carefully we take up the chanting process and also not only chanting other services so many other services that we are given if we perform them with full sincerity then yes all the dirty things become one by one one by one cleansed and then in the in the course of becoming cleansed we make a mo- lot of mistakes we will commit offenses and then we learn from them we apologize to the devotees we you know regret repent all these things are purification uh, purificatory and then in the, in that way slowly by and by uh, one will become advanced and then what happens and becomes firmly fixed in devotional service thereafter one develops taste and attachment See, this is the way of sadhana bhakti. So, taste means ruchi. Then, attachment. The execution of devotional service according to regulatory principles. Gradually, emotions intensify. Hmm. This is asakti, attachment to bhava. And finally, there is an awakening of love of Godhead. This is the gradual development of love of Godhead for the devotee interested in Krishna consciousness. So, these are all stages. So, um, unless we come to the nishtha platform, we cannot be steady in our practice and steadily avoid offenses that's why bhakti vinod thakur actually prays to krishna when will i come to that stage where i will never commit offenses and always um, meek and humble and always be able to relish the mellows of the holy name being fully absorbed in service attitude of course he is already on that stage but he is considering himself a neophyte in his humility he is writing like that and also he is teaching us to actually uh, pray for such perfection siddhi lalasa it is called the greed for perfection 
नेक्स्ट बाय वनजाक्षी माताजी सो द क्वेश्चन इज इंटरेस्टिंग क्वेश्चन हरे कृष्णा प्रभु जी धन्यवाद प्रणाम ऑल ग्लोरिस प्रभुपाद and you prabhu ji referring to shila prabhupad sorry shrimad bhagavatam 1.17.38 and 39 most of the matajis love to wear gold ornaments and use fancy leather bags but kali stays in both of them it just doesn't stop here often we put makeup using many kinds of cosmetics which would be rendered animal fat Prabhuji how about silk sarees which makes matajis look grand and beautiful again they are also made out of killing many many silk worms Prabhuji kindly shed some light keeping the interest of all the matajis Hare Krishna Prabhuji good question so firstly uh referring to 11738 and 39 let's go there and these are the four sinful activities suta uvacha abhyarthitas tadatasmai sthanani kalaye dadau dyutam panam striyasuna yatra dharmas chaturvidhah suta goswami said maharaj parikshit thus being petitioned by the personality of kali this is not kali not that mother kali you know this is kaliyuga personality of kaliyuga Thus, being petitioned by the personality of Kali, gave him permission to reside in places where gambling, drinking, prostitution, and animal slaughter were performed. Then, punascayaachamanaaya jataropamadatprabhu tatonritam madam kamam rajovairam chapanchamam. The personality of Kali asked for something more, and because of his begging, the king gave him permission to live where there is gold. Because wherever there is gold, there is also falsity, intoxication, lust, envy, and enmity. So, basically, where the, these four uh, <coughs> sinful activities are there, and then where gold is there, then all the other four four sinful activities are there: falsity, intoxication, lust, envy, and enmity. So. Uh, anritam is words anritam falsehood madam intoxication kamam lust you know all these things vairam enmity or envy so actually if you go to this uh, 1:17:24 these are the these are the uh, what is that pillars of religion tapah shaucham daya satyam these are the four pillars of religion tapah shaucham daya satyam iti padah krite kritah adharmam shaistrayo bhagnah smaya sangamadaistava in the age of satya truthfulness your four legs were established by the four principles of austerity cleanliness mercy and truthfulness but it appears that three of your legs are broken due to rampant irreligion in the form of pride uh lust for women and intoxication 
So the four principles, I mean the four regulative principles that we have, four prohibitions, no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication, protect the four pillars of religion. So no meat eating means that will um, foster mercy, yeah? daya, no illicit sex, that promotes cleanliness of thought inside and outside, um, that is saucham. Uh, then uh, no intoxication that will make us austere and satyam no gambling then if one does gambling then one becomes a liar eventually because he wants to get money somehow or other and he cheats so all these things come from gambling so satyam so these are the four pillars of religion so all these prohibitions are to guard these four pillars of religion and then to sustain it we must need spiritual power we need spiritual power and therefore we chant Hare Krishna. Therefore the chanting of 16 rounds and the following of the four principles are there. So anyway, the point is, the question is that, <coughs> that uh, first of all gold. So Mataji is, you know, they wear gold and all that. It's not, it's not that um, they cannot wear gold. In fact, it is one of the auspicious items. In fact, even when we install the deities, um, some of the auspicious items are gold and even silk. So, first of all, gold. Let's answer the gold question. This is the thing. Gold has been there since time immemorial. And in all the Vedic literature, you will see that it is a sign of opulence and it was never prohibited. Hmm. So, although Kali will stay, it actually means that if we become greedy, greedy for wealth, then yes, uh, then gold means money also. I mean, basically the purchasing power. When you have the purchasing power, then, you know, sense gratification is wide open. The doors of sense gratification. So that's why, because that sense gratification becomes wide open, uh, then there is unrestricted um, indulgence. That's why, wherever there is gold, there is also all these sinful... Uh, things. So, the, in other words, wherever there is a lot of money, then there is sinful activities involved because there is easy facility for all these things. With money, you can get, you know, women, wine or, you know, meat and all these things, gambling, they, they you know, encourage. That's why it is said. But it is not that you cannot wear gold. It should not be, uh, one should not be greedy, but, uh, you know, as much as uh, possible, not as much as possible, like wherever possible, one can wear. Of course, one don't do it like to the, to, I mean, uh, overdo it, but, uh, you know, wearing is not a problem, not a, it's not, it's not condemned anywhere. But especially when we chase after gold, uh, then, or we chase after money, it's the same thing. If we become greedy for money, that's what is condemned. But opulence is always there everywhere. And silk also, for that matter. Silk is, uh, the silkworms are used. But even silk is considered an auspicious item. Even to be offered to the Lord. And even all clothes and everything also. Anything we use first has to be offered to the Lord first. And used everything as a prasadam. Even new clothes also. Uh, we offer to the Lord and then we wear. That's the, even in the, at least in the mind even we have to offer. So 
that's how we have to accept everything and so how what about silk so that's the thing again if either it's cotton plant or the silkworms that are going to die so either way there is death and that is the thing jivo jivasya jivanam to clothe ourselves or to eat we have to depend on other living entities we cannot wear something which is uh, you know of course nowadays there is synthetic but it has its own <laughs> uh, problems see so biodegradable materials are these so these things can be used it's not that it cannot be used there is no injunction that silk cannot be used so we follow what krishna gives us what prohibitions what allowances krishna give us we can we we can use those see we are not into this vegan kind of idea where okay we don't want to kill animals of course we don't want to kill animals uh, and leather of course leather is other um, there's no need to use leather products i mean you can always get cloth and other material right and um we we are not into killing animals but uh, even for that matter honey honey bees are you know killed in that in the course of taking honey right and so also for silkworms but these things can be used can be used by humans and similarly milk is something which can be uh, used by humans which should be used actually by humans cow's milk so it actually is required for spiritual uh, understanding <coughs> if you uh, drink cow's milk then finer tissues in the brain develop robert said this and one can actually appreciate uh, you know spiritual subject matter and even in the previous uh, ages the ghee that was used for sacrifice that cow from cow only we can get the milk and from milk we can get ghee so all these are derivatives of the cow but if, it's not that the cow should be killed you know cows were taken care of nowadays cows are killed but of course when we use the cow's milk then the cow becomes benefited and even the honey or even the uh, the honey also if you offer to krishna and that is also the the bees also get benefited you see the honey bees they are storing all the honey they are not going to eat all the honey you know they just keep on storing keep on they are, they eat a little bit but mostly they keep on storing hmm so wherever it is allowed by krishna that can be used and silk also in fact silk worms even if you don't kill them what they do is they create this cocoon and they kill themselves they become trapped inside cocoons <clears throat> how about using leather slippers sandals or shoes no need no need you see we can always do without them we can always have now there nowadays there are so many alternatives right so in previously the leather it used to be by dead an, uh, from dead animals already dead animals so the muchi the col the cobbler used to uh, whenever there is an animal which dies he will collect the skin from that animal which already died not that you know the animals were actually killed for uh, the skin that used to be the case before even the sages they used to use deer skin or tiger skin to sit on top it's not that they kill tigers and deers deer by nature they will die anyway so that skin they used to take and use so like that they used to use um in fact even in the 
mridanga it is uh, leather you know the strips are all leather from cow which has already died huh? but again they they have been many instances where cows were killed you know for muslims you know the slaughter the cows and then that skin is also used for mridanga but what can be done is we are using for krishna service but you know of course there is a fiberglass mridanga which we also use but then the mridanga which is the traditional mridanga chaitanya mahaprabhu was there and nitananda prabhu was there they, they knew and the leather was there in the mridanga but still it is used you see so of course it was supposed to be from the dead animal but then some of, some of these uh, people they do also with this kind of so you know what can be done that's why even kaliyuga everything is going you know down only only chance is if it can be used in krishna's service then you know they benefit even one time what happened um prabhupad was asked prabhupad in uh, here in the western world the sugar you know uh, to make it white they used to process it with cow bones or something like that to make it white or something so prabhupad said what to do you know everything is contaminated in kali even ghee is not proper ghee anything is not proper what to do you know we just have to offer it to krishna what what can be done of course if there is an alternative we can of course nowadays there is alternative brown sugar and you know there is also um, jaggery you can use but still sometimes sugar has to be used so if it is done with without proper uh, this thing in fact one devotee interesting actually one devotee he came a uh, couple of years ago he was just visiting and he was telling that in india for cooking for the lord they don't even use the salt from the sea they don't use sea salt because sea salt has you know fish there and you know, so so maybe part of the fish is there in the salt you know at least the flavor of it or something like that so they use the rock salt but you know prabhupada did not like uh, say that okay this has to be done so there where there is no strict injunction if you want to really follow strictly you can't eat anything actually almost you know even the plants maybe you know chemicals are used or whatever you know, how do how to make everything pure so our only solace is this 823 mantra tastantra tashchidram deshakalarha vastutah sarvam karoti nishchidram anusankirtanam tava there may be discrepancies in pronouncing the mantras and observing the regulative principles and moreover there may be discrepancies in regard to time place person and paraphernalia but when your lordship's holy name is chanted everything becomes faultless this is our only solace of course it doesn't mean that we do any nonsense and just chant hari krishna that is not the point but whatever is allowed silk is not that is not allowed and um, honey is not that is not allowed so of course we can avoid leather slu- i mean uh, leather um, items and um, cosmetics you said they have animal fat actually there are so many natural cosmetics in fact one um, because for our drama we were using uh, cosmetics so in the beginning i did not know cosmetics have animal um, this thing so then one mataji told us hey, actually there is this brand i don't know which brand of cosmetics is that then they are all plant based so okay good then we changed all our products to that uh, that brand so i i don't remember the name of that brand 
but maybe some maybe mataji's will know i don't know so it's not that you i mean usually women you know sometimes they wear some uh, cosmetics some women don't want actually tilak and uh, what is that kanthimala these are actually not natural ornaments of devotees apart from that you know sometimes earrings or some you know some cosmetics mataji's wear maybe so for that you know you can use natural ones always i mean even in um, uh what is this um, but of course don't overdo it to the point that you know look like a ghost you know <laughs> just i mean i know women like to look good and all that but you know do it very actually as much as possible like i knew my mother never used any cosmetics usually maximum she used the powder maybe yeah that's all i know sin but i mean different women are different i'm not saying everybody should be one type but we have to minimize no need of extraneous you know absorption in the body keep it as simple as possible and use natural minerals or natural i mean cosmetics if possible i mean i mean make an effort actually not just if possible make an effort to use uh, only natural products even for that matter soaps have animal products so i came to know this much in after many years i joined krishna consciousness and then i researched okay which are plant based okay then found something okay then i started using that brand you know so many things you know uh, are contaminated in this kali yuga so we have to be careful and uh, even in ingredients you know we have to look nicely you know what all they put inside whatever we are buying so best is everything we make ourselves you know that's the best thing to do natural way of using everything ha <clears throat> huh? i think there is a verse no one can use the natural products what is that somewhere in the seventh canto ha ah, i think uh, uh, 7 10 7 14 let me see 7 oh sorry Eight, sorry, eight, one, ten. This is like the Ishopanishad verse. Atma vasamidam vishvam yatkinchit jagatyam jagatena tyaktena bhunjita magrada kasya svidhanam. Within this universe, the supreme personality of Godhead is his in his super soul feature is present everywhere wherever there are animate or inanimate beings therefore one should accept only that which is allotted to him one should not desire to infringe upon the property of others ah anjanya is saying in some cosmetics aborted fetus is added since it is protein rich there is absolute rubbish so that's why come out of this and you know, use natural products i think here it is said um let me just find out Okay, okay just give me a second here um 
दिव्यं भौमं चातरीक्षम वित्तमच्युत निर्मित तत्सम उपयुंजान एतत्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्
use everything that is naturally produced and um, as much as possible you know find our alternatives okay what can be used as a plant based or something i use that why not why to use the meat products unnecessarily you know uh, and then but then if we overly look into the like with a microscope everything is going to be faulty that is again another thing so we have to do our devotional service in, in see for example we are printing books trees are killed what about that oh we have to save trees no more book printing stop book distribution can't do it right so uh <laughs> whatever is to be used we have to use it that's it mm, especially in the service of the lord and see we living entities in different forms are all children of the supreme personality of godhead this is i am reading from the purport of 7147 uh, as confirmed by by the lord and he says i am the father of all species okay let me go a little bit down one who rejects anything can you can you use pesticides on tulsi devi to get rid of insects and gnats actually prabhupada said don't use chemicals on uh, tulsi but there are natural uh, ways you know you can keep these insects and all uh, away from tulsi marani huh? <coughs> so again uh, i think uh, here also pavaneshwar prabhu uses natural only natural this thing he doesn't use chemicals prabhu they said don't use chemicals on tulsi marani you see <clears throat> so just let me give me a second here so okay here in this verse <clears throat> the natural products are coming from three sources produced from the sky from rainfall okay from the earth from the mines the seas or the fields even mines you see in those days also they used to have weapons right weapons means you have to have an arrow arrow must have metal where did they get the metal from from the mines so they used to do mining um, and um, from the earth of course and the, from the seas also the pearls are from the seas so there are and other minerals also and i think it is said that in some kind of astrological uh, time when the rain falls on uh, uh, oyster i mean oyster or something it become a pearl something like that there is there is some uh, vedic signs behind how the pearls uh, come in, and minerals also come i mean those gemstones also form there is uh, so much signs to it actually and even fields we are uh, i mean even for vegetation even vegetables also so many plants are killed again we cannot avoid some things uh, so whatever is allowed by krishna in krishna consciousness by krishna for our use that we can use that's why this is actually very uh, perfect way that you know we have seen this verse no this one ईशोपनिषद आत्मावास्मिदिज्जगत्यांजगत्न त्यक्न भुंजी था मृद कस्धनम 
Sunita Sharma is asking, what natural pesticides can you use for Tulsi Devi? Actually, you know what, I am not very uh, conversant with this science. Pavaneshwar Prabhu, who is our devotee here, he knows better what is the exact thing that he uses. Um, what I will do, I will find out and um, put it as a comment. Hopefully, that will help. I think there is a book also, uh, How to Take Care of Tulsi Maharani by... Uh, I guess Govinda Dasi, Mataji, uh, Prabhupada disciple, and uh, she took a lot of instructions from Srila Prabhupada, and uh, she was very, she was known for growing tulsi, and she used to distribute to all the temples back then in the 70s. So I think she has written a book, Caring for Tulsi Maharani, or something like that. There is a book you can actually get that, and all the guidelines are there. Okay. But. I mean, the specific question, what natural uh, pesticides I will ask from Prabhu and uh, I will I will put here as a comment after this session, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Kindly excuse me on that. Um, <clears throat> so, veganism is, um, you know, distorted. It's actu it actually lacks reasoning. It, it, it has good sentiment, but because it is not guided by Shastra, it lacks uh, it, it actually contradicts itself because killing is what they are against but killing is there in the plant life also so how can they actually you know avoid violence so the actual process is this in the Ishopanishad and here within this universe the supreme personality of Godhead is in his super soul feature is present everywhere wherever there are animate or inanimate beings therefore one should accept only that which is allotted to him so, whatever is allotted to us humans for our sustenance, for example, the tiger is allotted meat. Tiger is not going to come and eat your grass and you know, whatever. He is not going to eat that. He is going to eat only meat. That is allotted for him. So, similarly, humans, what is allotted for us? We have to use that and not encroach upon other things which we don't need and which, we, you know, which are not allotted for us. So, what are allotted, what are not allotted? These are all listed in the Manusamhita and such dharma shastras and in our uh, bhagavatam we can see what you know so we always see silk krishna always wears silk you see uh, in fact recently i made a song about nityananda ashtakam there also neela patta vasa shobhitam he in, um, he wears a blue color silken cloth on his waist uh, nityananda prabhu so i mean patta means silk so silk is you know is used is is some one of the things that can be used by humans so, we have to use what is allotted for us, see, uh, whatever is not allotted, even honey for that matter, you know, like that. So, these things and milk, and milk, these are allotted for us, so that we can use. So, um, Manajakshamaji is saying pesticides of neem, maybe, I think there are like that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good question actually, because... It's good for uh, everyone to understand these things. One should be as much as possible. Try always look for alternatives and use always uh, the thing that can be used with plant origin. You know, we don't have to use meat products and you know fetus. I mean, come on. <coughs> huh? That is definitely out of the question. That we have to use proper things, but some necessary things we cannot avoid. Silk and honey, you know, milk and all these things we cannot avoid. So we have to offer and use. Okay, uh, next.
Okay, it's a related question, so I'm just uh, putting it here. Rajikishore Prabhu is asking. Question by Bhakta Renz from ISKM Philippines. Substances like weed, marijuana, which is considered one of the intoxicants, is sometimes suggested as medication for some kind of ailments. Is that allowed? Well, at least in Singapore, it's not allowed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as a medicine, it's, it is okay, but uh, not to overdo it. But again, it depends on sometimes the country's laws. Like in Singapore, it's not allowed. So, they have not legalized it. But I think they, may, they might be looking at these alternative uh, you know, medicines. And if they allow, then that's another thing. As a medicinal license to something like that. If they have some rules for that, that's another thing. So, um, again, it should not lead to again intoxication. See? But... As much as possible, if that cannot, if that need not be used, then we can do away with it. Not that, oh, I am having headache, Prabhu, I need marijuana. Then we know what is the problem. Addiction. <laughs> then you need some cold, cold turkey treatment. So, um, use, just like, uh, uh, what is it, garlic also has so many medicinal properties. But we can always use medicine without garlic. It's not that we must use garlic only, otherwise we'll die. No such thing. So, try always finding alternatives. And if, I mean, absolutely cannot. And if there is a real case to be made, uh, like some say that, you know, with this kind of thing, um, cancer can be cured. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not a medical expert, so I can't really say. Some say that can cure can cancer. Some say that we have used, but it did not really cure. The person still died. So, I've heard both sides of the story. So, I mean, if that kind of terminal illness is there and if something is really, really helping, then maybe. But not as a drug. I mean, not as a... Actually, medicinal marijuana is, is a thing in the US. It's not addictive. It's, it's just for medicinal use. And then, after that, finished. So, anyway, that's there. <clears throat> but, try not to use it for... If it's not terminal terminal illness, then uh, I think there's no need of, especially using sourcing marijuana. But, but, but actually, I'm only using it as medicine. In fact, we had one devotee, so-called devotee, in, um, when we were going to New Zealand. There was one there. He used to take this um, uh, cough syrup. What is there in the inside is there actually alcohol. 50% is alcohol in that. One Swami or Guru, so-called Iskon Guru also used to do that. Uh, he used to always have cough syrup in his with him. And what is that? 50% is alcohol. Always we, he was drunk. He was drunk. Guru. He's called Guru drunk. On uh, cough syrup. <laughs> so, uh, and we had devotee, so-called devotee, who uses caffeine for so-called back pain treatment. I mean, you can always do in various ways to treat your back pain. Why you must use caffeine? Uh, I need a shot of caffeine, you know, otherwise I, I cannot work. No, I mean, something is seriously wrong. You're not serious about, you know, exercising your back or, you know, moving about, at least taking a walk. Most of it is excuse. It's largely 95% of it is excuse. There is some problem, yes, he can always treat it in a different way. Not that I must take caffeine and then only I can be alive. No. So, the intention has to be seen. Okay, so next. And uh, 
Sunita Sharma. Mataji, what about COVID vaccine? Well, that's a case, isn't it? So, <laughs> so some uh, clinical trials they have used some fetus or something, you know, some. But uh, the company clarified that in the vaccine itself, there is no fetus cells involved. Um, in the beginning stages, they use something. Now, in Singapore, COVID vaccine is not mandatory. It is encouraged, but not mandatory. Um, so people, I mean, can use the discretion. But what I'm foreseeing is that See, this is still an evolving situation, right? And what I'm foreseeing is that in the coming years, especially in the coming three to five years, starting from 2021, is going to be still not normal, right? And I remember when I was filling up forms, when I was going to, I mean, to any country or any visa application, I will be asked whether I went to you know middle east um you know because they want to check whether i had mers or not mers um which is a middle eastern respiratory syndrome like that it was there and uh, sars this was actually way back these you know these diseases happened like 2002 and uh, sars and then mers happened i think to 2010 i don't know when it happened but Years after that, still they were asking these questions, whether you went there or not. So, even for COVID, I think it's going to be for a long time in the future because it's like such a rattling uh, experience the world over. So, I think it's going to be there for some time, at least for the next 10 to 20 years, maybe, I don't know. So, what is, uh, what to do? So, what I'm foreseeing is that sometimes maybe they will not even allow us to travel if you don't have a vaccine or Either we take a vaccine, which is offered free by the government, or we take this expensive COVID test each time we travel, and only then they may apply. I mean, allow the visa. So, if that has to, if it comes to that stage where traveling for preaching has to be done, and if excessive amounts of money can be saved by taking a COVID vaccine. And of course, again, what are the, what are going to be the side effects of taking a COVID vaccine? Every vaccine will have side effects. So, um, different on different people, it will act differently. So, it's all it's all a very evolving situation. So, um, we have to be open and we have to think practically at that time. What is going to be you know at that time of travel or whatever when it's going to, when it's all going to resume? So, depending on that, decisions have to be taken, and. There may be some repercussions like side effects. Usually, until now, they said minor side effects, uh, not like life-threatening side effects. But it depends also on the pre-existing health conditions of the people who are taking the vaccine. So, it's all we have to wait and see what is going to happen. And anyway, travel is not going to resume to its normalcy in at least two to three years, I see. Uh, even this vaccine administration of this vaccine will take at least... Even in Singapore, which is so small, they're, they're saying only by the end of 2021 will the entire Singapore get vaccinated. That's their plan. So, that's just a small city here. And what to speak of, I mean, big, big countries. I mean, India with 1.3 billion people and China with 1.5 billion people. And big, big, I mean, United States and everywhere. I mean, they have 
deaths going on still in the thousands and i mean for it all to come to normalcy it's going to take a long time so even after it returns to normalcy we have to see then you know and then take a practical decision at that point of point of time if if it can be avoided okay you know and if it cannot be avoided then what to do in fact there was a statement um by one disciple of prabhupad he was saying because he was asked to go and preach in russia russia or somewhere in the cold you know and then uh, he was giving some kind of excuses you know prabhupad i don't want to go because there is only meat there there is no vegetables and i can't even live prabhupad said then go and eat meat and preach there he was scolding the devotee so he was chastising him so he, prabhupad was you know to that to that extent Uh, of course it doesn't actually mean that you okay okay prabhupad okay you know what prabhupad asked me to eat meat i will eat meat no that is not the thing the thing is preaching is so important that if anything else has to be compromised for that we have to compromise it examples are on janmashtami day we have to fast for example no water until midnight 24 hours right but then Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur wanted to send uh, two two devotees to another uh, town to preach on a, to another city. He said, but it was Janmashtami day. He said, you eat grains now, eat fully prasadam and go. Because he did not want them to starve. The preaching is more important than following a fasting and sitting in one place. You go and preach there. Better than sitting here and go and preach. So for that. if you have to if you have no strength you know if you don't eat then eat nicely eat full full grains he actually made them eat grains and send them another example is the <laughs> the bag bazar temple in kolkata there was this temple beautiful temple marble and everything but you know the number of people were very less coming into the temple so bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur was you know a little impatient was saying why people are not coming we have made such a nice temple still they are not coming what is going on then some of the disciples mentioned that actually you know what there are so many people on the other side of the road and bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur asked why is that going on why the people are going there and not coming here they said there is a chai shop there the tea shop that's why everybody is going there to drink tea really then put the tea shop here put another tea shop open one tea shop here outside our gate now open one tea shop let them drink tea and let them come inside here first let then we will change them <laughs> but tea is intoxication right but you see for preaching of course it is not did not say that okay but now devotees are all can drink tea no no it not say like that the point is the preaching is more important and if some minor uh, rules can be sacrificed it has to be sacrificed you see and um, like sanyasis they're not supposed to cross the ocean that's the rule of a sanyasi you can't cross the ocean prabhupad nicely crossed the ocean huh and it became a big thing jaladuta that ship name is immortalized <laughs> and after that he crossed the ocean like left right center you know with planes nicely shanya sanyasi should always walk on foot he cannot take any vehicles but bhaktisiddhanta saraswati thakur used cars and trains and prabhupada took it to the very next level planes he flew from here and there all over the world but so the rule was sacrificed for a higher thing preaching so we have to keep all these things in mind so as the situation evolves we will we will see how it goes okay i hope that answers the question um 
नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन चैलेंजेस Hmm? So, um, next Ajanya question is Subhadra in spiritual world? Yeah, of course, I mean she's yoga maya. What kind of question is that? She's there in the spiritual world, of course. Next, what is the importance of Subhadra? <laughs> okay, since it's a question, so we will. Sunita Sharma Mataji saying thank you, Prabhu. You're welcome, Mataji. Thank you for asking the question because these are important questions, and we have been thinking about this also. Mm-hmm. How these situations are going to evolve, and how we're going to conduct ourselves. We're thinking on those lines, so we are keeping ourselves abreast of all the news and seeing what to be done. And I mean, it's too early to comment now because what's going to happen two, three years down the line, we don't know. So well, let's see. Next question by Ajanya. What is the importance of Subhadra? We worshiping why? What is the importance of Subhadra? Well, she is Yoga Maya. So we are now under the control of Mahamaya, and we are under illusion, and we are suffering, <coughs> and we are um, committing so many sinful activities. So Yoga Maya, Subhadra is Yoga Maya, and By taking shelter of Yoga Maya, Daivim Prakriti Maashrita, Radha Rani, Subhadra. See, everybody is actually an expansion of Radha Rani. All the female, all the Shakti Tattva. Just like there is Vishnu Tattva, there is Shakti Tattva. So, um, just like Vishnu's expansion in the material world is Lord Shiva, because he is in touch with Durga. So, it's transformation like milk to curd, right? That example is given in the Brahma Samhita. So, similarly, Radha Rani's expansion in the material world is Durga. and in spiritual world she is known as yoga maya or subhadra and in the ultimate form she is known as radha rani and all the others are her expansions subhadra is also expansion of radha rani see so um, again it's the spiritual energy and especially radha rani is the haladini shakti whereas the whole spiritual uh, internal potency involves sandhini samvit and haladini uh, radha rani is the haladini shakti pure bliss that's it pure bliss um she brings bliss to krishna so that is radha rani so yoga maya or subhadra hurt shelter we have to take devotees means to take shelter of the internal potency of the lord hmm. otherwise we are under the potency of external i mean maya so uh, you're saying what is the importance of subhadra she is the most important without her shelter how can we you know approach the lord Uh, we cannot daivim prakriti maashrita and when he also when krishna came he asked yogamaya to uh, make the arrangement that uh, balaram be shifted from the womb of devaki to rohini 
and she herself uh, tra be uh, transferred i mean um, to the what is that i mean that that whole issue where krishna was there and she was with krishna and then she herself transferred herself sorry <laughs> what am i saying krishna asked yogamaya to um switch places and when vasudev was taking krishna to vrindavan uh, and the uh, yamuna parted and everything all that happened because of yogamaya again and all the guards were sleeping the gates were became opened i mean they were in prison you know <laughs> the gates open how all this yogamaya was doing and krishna ordered her to do everything all the arrangements so that is yogamaya all the past times in fact krishna also says sambhavami atmamayaya in the fourth chapter sixth verse i come here into this material world by my own internal potency you see so um the internal potency assists the lord in all his past times in fact she brings the entire paraphernalia of the spiritual world in this material world that's why there is no difference between vrindavan of this world and the golok vrindavan and the navadvip of this world and the golok vrindavan the spiritual world so there is no difference so why because yogamaya and how did krishna dance for one night of brahma and made it equal to one night on the earth again action of yogamaya so the sandhini samvit and hladini potencies are manipulated to uh, bring forth krishna's pastimes and you know he enjoys an excellence and all these parasya shaktir vividhaiva shruyate swabhaviki gnanak balakriya all the energies of krishna are acting i mean automatically not automatically i mean by his will but without like being ordered and everything see they already understand yogamaya understands what krishna wants and she arranges everything for him and when devotees also take shelter uh, they take shelter of yogamaya and so we chant jai yogamaya jai subhadra jai yogamaya jai subhadra so we we chant like that you see is because of this she has many names and you know yogamaya is one of them hmm next question by ajanya why morning head bath is not strict for women in my understanding head bath is necessary every day for all to start a day or as a part of refreshment can you explain importance of head bath in the morning to advance in krishna consciousness for women i mean for men it is yeah it's a must every day we we are doing head bath um for women because of the hair if they do head bath like that they will get sick you know that's why uh, head bath is not strict for women every day once a week at least or twice a week something like that you know they have to do head bath so not every day understand mm-hmm. otherwise uh, the hair will become uh, so much uh, this thing the hair will not you know be uh, what is it called it will become uh, i don't know what is it called like split split i don't know how is that called 
so they have to be oiled and all that we we don't have I mean men don't have to keep hair and no no don't don't have to worry about it so we can take head bath in fact if one becomes bald that is even better because <laughs> we don't need to shave <laughs> otherwise we have to shave you see uh, so <clears throat> next okay this is by dheeraj let me put the question on the screen it's a big question looks like what is it about dheeraj um I recently came across this theory and I would like to know your opinion on it. The avatars of Vishnu are a great indicator of human evolution. Oh no, I know where you're getting at. Okay. Matsya avatar, aquatic life, Kurma avatar, amphibious life, Varaha avatar, terrestrial life, Narasimha avatar, wild cats, humans, fusion. Evolution might have taken a wrong path from here. <laughs> Vamana avatar, short human beings, right direction of evolution and what is it about to follow? Parshuram, where man was able to build tools like Parshu and learn archery and since then there haven't been much evolution in us as in the next avatars where and the next avatars were Rama, Krishna, Balaram, Buddha. So all these are just coincidences or does it support the theory of evolution? <laughs> so the question is why didn't they evolve from Parshuram much? <laughs> This is stupidity because when Matsya Avatar was there, Markandir was there. I mean, did you, did you read the Matsya Avatar? Matsya Leela in the Bhagavadam? Markandir was there. He's a human, you know. <laughs> Why is there? And when the Tortoise Avatar, I mean, the Kurma Avatar came, the demigods and the demons, you know, not just humans, they were much greater than humans. They were pulling, you know, the snake Vasuki. I mean, they were there. Demigods were already there. And uh, Varaha Avatar, all the demigods, everybody was there, demon was there and he was terrorizing and he came as a Varaha. And Narasimha, already humans were there. Humans were there in every single Leela. Whether it was a fish Leela, Kurma Leela, whatever Leela, humans were there. Huh? How can you say? <laughs> and then why? <laughs> why the evolution did it stop at Parshuram and after that only human, all human? Why? So, uh, this is uh, nonsense. It is not that way. All the species of life are always there. The 8.4 million species are always there. It is not a coincidence. In fact, even now, there are planets where Kimpurusha planet, Kimpurusha Varsha, and there is a Kinnara Varsha. See, Kimpurusha means half man, half animal. Kinnara means also half man, half animal. One of them is uh, head of an animal body of a man another is head of an head of a man body of an animal i think kinnara is uh, head of a man body of an animal whereas kimpurusha is head of animal body of man i think that's what something like that so kimpurusha means man kim means what kinnara means kim nara nara means man kim means what uh, means what man what man not like that what kind of a man? No. 
so uh so because it doesn't look like a man and doesn't look like an animal what is it so that's why it, it is called kim purusha and kinnara so these are there so all these are always there it is just that um oh okay i will answer this question later so uh, let me answer this question here on the screen so narasimha avatar <coughs> and varaha avatar i mean matsya kurma varaha these are not coincidence and also the lord came as a bird also hamsa avatar uh, as a swan and he came as hayagriva you know which is horse headed incarnation horse head but human body so again that is kimpurusha or yeah kimpurusha so i mean these are only 10 mentioned but it is not that it happened in this order it happened in that order but um there have been other incarnations uh, between these you know like datatreya with three heads what is that deformed baby or what yeah oh then the mistake corrected okay then one one head is that no <laughs> so whenever the lord comes it is all his past times and he came in many different ways if you see the first canto third chapter <coughs> you will see so many incarnations there i think about 26 or 27 of them are mentioned in that chapter that is not 10 in fact like waves of the ocean i will show you that verse so it's not a very correct theory actually so completely mistaken theory i think it's 26 verse of the third chapter yeah avatara hya sankheya hare satvanidher dvijah yatha vidasi nah kulyah sarasahasyu sahasrashah oh brahmanas the incarnations of the lord are innumerable like rivulets flowing from inexhaustible sources of water same innumerable hmm. in fact chaitanya charitamrita has more descriptions of the innumerable incarnations of krishna so is a stupid theory you know that evolution next manojakshi madhav ji is asking could you kindly brief on shat sandarbhas of jiva goswami well as much as i would like to answer that question i am not an expert actually i mean i don't know much about the shat sandarbhas honestly i just know that they have been um i mean extensive uh, thesis of jiva goswami on every single philosophical um, point and they establish krishna consciousness as the highest and in that also the sankirtan movement as the highest um uh, form of religion especially for this kali yuga i mean he philosophically goes through every single point but i don't know the contents of the shat sandarbha because i have i don't know because i've never read it i've never seen it some verses from the shat sandarbhas are quoted by shri prabhupada here and there and we know that that much but i don't know about shat sandarbhas much maybe i would like to read about a synopsis of what it is all about then i can answer a little better than what i can answer now now i absolutely don't know but basically i know the gist of it all is that to establish krishna consciousness as the the vaishnavism as the most and especially radha krishna worship and also um sankirtan movement to establish the supremacy of these principles uh shat sandarbhas were compiled by jiva goswami so there are the sh- six parts of it 
ఐ థింక్ ది అదర్ డే మనదాక్ష మాతాజీ యాక్చువల్లీ ఎన్యూమరేటెడ్ దెమ్ ఐ థింక్ భక్తి సందర్భ పరమాత్మ సందర్భ భగవత్ సందర్భ ప్రీతి సందర్భ అండ్ ఫుగాట్ ది అదర్ టూ లైక్ దాట్ ఐఎమ్ సారీ ఐ ఐఎమ్ ఇన్ ఆడిక్వేట్ ఇన్ ఆన్సరింగ్ దిస్ క్వశ్చన్ నెక్స్ట్ క్వశ్చన్ బై కాకా సింగ్ ఓకే దిస్ ఇస్ అ దిస్ ఇస్ అ క్వశ్చన్ విచ్ ఐ గెట్ సో మెనీ టైమ్స్ ఐ థింక్ ఐవ్ ఆన్సర్ ఇట్ ఐ థింక్ ఆల్సో మెనీ టైమ్స్ ఐ డోంట్ ఇఫ్ యూ డిడ్ క్యూఎన్ఏ వీడియో ఆఫ్ దిస్ అండ్ అవర్ యూట్యూబ్ ఐ డోంట్ నో ఫ్రీ విల్ అండ్ ఫేట్ it states in the bhagavad gita that the supreme personality of godhead who is within the body of a living entity is the controller of all living entities all over the universe but it also says we have free will i'm kind of confused how can there be a controller and yet we have free will ah tatva sandarbha and krishna sandarbha or the other two i missed out okay thank you vanajakshmata ji so how can there be a controller and yet we have free will okay good <laughs> so free will so what is free will first of all before even understanding free will we should understand who we are then we will understand what is free will <coughs> we are mamai vamsho jeeva loke jeeva bhuta sanatana um we are parts and parcels of krishna that is explained in the 15th chapter 7th verse of bhagavad gita so we are his parts and parcels <coughs> so just like a droplet of the ocean um is a part and parcel of the ocean now the droplet will have the same ingredients of the ocean in its quality like for example 35% of the droplet is will be salt and if you check the ocean the ocean also has 35% salt so drop also has 35% salt now why am i saying this because um you will understand now that means the qualitatively they are same but quantitatively the ocean has tons and tons of salt whereas a droplet has milligrams of salt but the percentage is the same the quantity is different the quality is same similarly we being part and parcel of krishna krishna is the supreme soul and we are the infinitesimal soul he is the infinite soul <coughs> so we being infinitesimal we have the same qualities of god but in minute quantities okay next what are the qualities of god there are millions i mean innumerable qualities one of them is independence that is one of his qualities he is perfectly independent swarat he is absolutely independent he is not dependent on anything now we being part and parcel of that independent god we also have independence but we don't have that quantity of independence we have minute quantity of independence and basically we have two choices either we serve krishna favorably or we choose not to serve krishna that's all these two choices we have but we are not independent in every sense even if we choose not to serve krishna our existence still, still depends entirely on krishna entirely even the atheist who is talking nonsense his tongue is provided to him by krishna only he may say no 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 my mother provided yeah but mother did not provide mother did not make the tongue she was just bearing the weight of the child in the womb for 9 months but she was not planning okay i'm making the tongue now 
okay i'm making the cheeks i'm making the heart i'm making the veins no mother has no idea what's going on so <coughs> you know she doesn't even know whether boy or girl hmm <laughs> she doesn't know anything so it's the lord who is engineering within right so the lord gave the tongue to talk nonsense also so we actually cannot be separated from krishna so even our uh nonsense activities krishna has to provide for us facility to do our nonsense activities but because we have asked for it because we have demanded it <coughs> against krishna's desire he gives us although he is a supreme controller <coughs> now a good example is the country country has law now some people they want to become outlaw they want to go out of the law but such a person may be even called an outlaw but actually he cannot be out of the law he has to be under the law so even though he may try to defy the rules of the government he will still be under the government only he will be under more stringent uh, this thing of the government answer so instead of civil law he comes under now criminal law see so it becomes worse so uh, the control of the government on the so called outlaw has not gone <coughs> in fact it becomes more stringent when he commits some when he misuses his independence the government although it is controlling everything it doesn't interfere with our independence um, it suggests it has laws in place but when we go outside the you know precincts of law and then we will be punished by even a more severe law so we are given free will yes we can choose to serve krishna or we can choose not to serve him but if we choose not to serve him then there are repercussions if we choose to serve him there are also repercussions but in a positive way then we will be actually blessed by the lord if we choose not to serve him then there is such repercussions where you know we have to actually face you know sinful reactions so like in that way we are given free will although he is a controller it's like prabhupada explained that when a child demands some candy in a supermarket store and the father says no 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 you're not going to have a candy it's, it's it's not good for you you know so much candy is not good for you you don't you're not going to have it then if the child throws a big tantrum no 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 i want it and a big, he makes some big mess in the supermarket then no to save the home, to save the trouble he just the father buys a candy and then gives the child and keeps him quiet so it's something like that we actually threw a tantrum and then we came into this material world so <laughs> krishna did not want us to actually come here we wanted to come here out of our own stupidity and reluctantly krishna sent us here and reluctantly he is providing all our uh, facilities for sense gratification and if we turn back to him that's why even though he f- gives all our facilities still he comes and he sends his devotees as acharyas and you know to reclaim us back he's always on that mission if krishna can bring us all back to godhead why does he need to preach why does he need to send all acharyas he can just force everybody to, and forcibly take everybody back home back to godhead right no but he doesn't interfere with our independence love means not forced love means voluntarily that person must you know uh, have affection so he wants our affection voluntarily he does not he is not force it but if we choose not to love him 
and if we choose to go against him then we are asking for our own trouble because our nature just like we are actually a fish if a fish becomes adamant to go out of water and live on the land that then is this doing something to his own peril so the mother of that fish will never want the fish to go or the father of the fish will never want the fish to go on the land but if the fish insists and then goes on the land then what happens it struggles for existence so we actually do not belong in this material world but we wanted to come here we wanted to enjoy separately from the lord and in the in the spiritual world there is no such thing nobody enjoys separately from the lord everybody is obedient to the lord and everybody cooperates with the lord so somewhere or other there has to be a place to house those souls who are rebellious and that is this material world the enjoyer in the spiritual world is the lord and we are supposed to cooperate with his enjoyment but when we wanted to become the enjoyer then the this the thing that has to be enjoyed has to be inferior to the enjoyer so therefore krishna created an energy which is inferior to the spirit soul and that is the material energy which is inanimate which is dead compared to krishna we are inferior but when we want to become superior there has to be something more inferior than us to uh, for us to enjoy we cannot enjoy something superior we can enjoy something inferior when we become we become the predominator and that become predominated we become the enjoyer and that becomes enjoyed so it's always the dominance so the enjoyer always tries to dominate so we act, assume this male mentality we are actually female spiritually because we are prakriti para prakriti and krishna is the only male we are all female supposed to cooperate with his enjoyment but we now have assumed the male mentality we want to become the enjoyer then then krishna has you know created this apara prakriti which is f- uh, female i mean prakriti energy but it's even more inferior than the living entity hmm. so that we can enjoy and that's why this material world is there and that's why we have all these bodies according to our consciousness and then we are accepting this and then everybody wants to enjoy how can everybody enjoy at the cost of another so there has to be some law in place so that everybody can have sense gratification but to the limit because because if everybody wants unlimited then if everybody wants to become the lord of the universe then there will be a clash there has to be some kind of control factor and that is where karma comes in law of karma so if i interfere with somebody else's uh, progress and then i will have to be um, punished so that's how the law of karma is then put in place so that we are regulated and all of us can stay here of course full of fighting still but you know at least there is some kind of order and that's why this process of sacrifice is given to us especially human beings um, in the animal life if you see the animal life is just pure quest for dominance complete dominance every animal wants to dominate the other that's why there is a food chain you know higher in the food chain you know so but in human life we have to you see sahayagnyah praja oh sorry sahayagnyah praja srishtva purovasa prajapatihi anena prasavishyadvam esha vostvishta kamadhuk in the beginning of creation the lord of all creatures sent forth generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for vishnu and blessed them by saying be thou happy by the sacrifice yagya because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and, and achieving liberation <coughs> so to regulate our unrestricted sense enjoyment and to make best use of our time here as a human to go back to to uh, revive our krishna consciousness so that we can go back to godhead that's why this process of sacrifice is given for us 
especially humans so that we can uh, rectify our mistake so still i mean our tendency is to enjoy this material world like you see shrimad bhagavatam 11 5 11 see this loke vyavayam ishamadhyase madhyaseva nitya hijantor nahitatra chodana vyavasthitisteshu vivaha yagna sura grahairasu nivrittirishta in this material world the conditioned soul is always inclined to sex meat eating and intoxication therefore religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage for meat eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation now there is marriage for example uh, there are of course rules for meat eating and intoxication in a regulated way that is for absolutely a uh, lower section of humans but even in higher sections of humans the, the institution of marriage is there why because that is something which is even more harder to give up sex so sex is always miserable in that few seconds it will be so called pleasure but what follows and what precedes it is complete misery um in fact people have to work hard for their entire lives to maintain their children their family all this is predicated upon sex life so it's actually full of misery but then uh, it is a material desire that people cannot give up it's one of the necessities of human life so it is regulated vivaha is regulation of sex so there is minimal use of it and that too with responsibility so that the rest of the time time can be saved for spiritual realization <coughs> <coughs> instead of just indulging in sex like animals there is marriage what is marriage marriage means licensed sex life that's it nowadays they have basically ruined the institution of marriage by introducing divorce uh because by divorce what happens is you know contract is broken and then again they get married and then again they get divorced and this is just like animal life it actually ruin the purpose of marriage which is basically to license only this lifetime only one person that's it finish uh, so that is to limit hmm. so the whole point is human life is meant for kamasya nendriya prithir labho jivita yavata jivasya tatva jignasa nartho yascheha karma bhi a life's desire should never be directed towards sense gratification one should desire only a healthy life or self preservation since a human being is meant for inquiry about the absolute truth nothing else should be the goal of one's works so even that the desire for sex is still allowed under regulation under marriage and for procreation and with responsibility and that becomes then krishna conscious hmm. that is pure use of sex so in that way basically uh we can we have these tendencies of sense gratification our free will so really religious now the question is about free will and fate right so why am i going on this tangent so it is related because we have our free will we want to enjoy unrestrictedly but then our real position is to actually cooperate with krishna and without any desire for sense gratification now these are two extremes 
one extreme is our actual original position the other extreme is our sinful intentions of enjoying separately from krishna now the progression from this sinful mentality to complete obedience to krishna and nothing else to from here from point a to point b to come here there has to be some regulation okay you still want to do all these things okay do it in a regulated way cut down and do it responsibly and then slowly slowly evolve to the point where only engage in krishna service without anything else so that's why religious uh, so this whole uh, what is that rules and regulations in religious scriptures are laid down so that to slowly guide our consciousness from sense gratification to krishna consciousness it can't be a you know like overnight thing or you know like a bait and switch no it has to take a it will take time gradual evolution of consciousness gradual purification so to allow for that purification there is some allowance and okay that is also uh, channel towards krishna consciousness in that way that's why all these slowly to allow ourselves to use our free will again it's free will is our free will whether to whether to follow religious principles or not but again the repercussions are there if you don't follow ya shastra vidam utsrujya vartate kamakarata nasa siddhim avapnoti nasukham na param gatim see he who discards scriptural injunctions and acts according to his own whims attains neither perfection nor happiness nor the supreme destination so you have the free will to act as you like but if you don't um listen to me krishna is saying you can choose to listen to me or not that is up to you but there are <laughs> reactions to each so what is that 1858 machittah sarva durgani mat prasada tarishyasi athachetam ahankaran nasroshyasi vinangshasi if you become conscious of me you will pass over all the obstacles of conditioned life by my grace okay if you become obedient to me but if however you do not work in such consciousness but act through false ego not hearing me you will be lost now choose your part that's what he says in the this this 64th verse right uh, 63rd verse sorry yeah itike itite gyanam akhyatam guhyat guhyataram maya vimrishyaitad vimrishyaitad asheshena yathechasi tatha kuru thus i have explained to you knowledge till more confidential deliberate on this fully and then do what you wish to do do what you wish to do so the free will he still gave it but be informed don't be without information we are now using our free will or rather misusing because we don't have information of what are the consequences of our misuse now if we understand the consequences of using or mis and misusing then we will know hey yeah actually you know what i should use my free will properly that's why krishna say i mean arjuna says finally in the beginning of the bhagavad gita he says i am not going to fight nayotse eti govindam he said i am not going to fight second chapter 9th verse but here 18 chapter 73rd verse he said when krishna say yathechasi tatha kuru do as you wish arjuna said karishye vachanam tava nashto moha smritir labdha tat prasadan mayachuta sthitosmi gata sandeha karishe vachanam tava arjuna said my dear krishna o infallible one my illusion is now gone i have regained my memory by your mercy what is this regain my memory 
I forgot that I was your eternal servant. Now I remember that I am again your eternal servant. For millions and trillions of years, we have forgotten this point. Now, when we receive knowledge, again we remember back again. Yes, I am actually Krishna's servant. I am now firm and free from doubt, and I am prepared to act according to your instructions. That's it. No more argument. No more, you know, uh, theorizing. No, nothing. No more any other opinion than Krishna's. Whatever Krishna wants, I will do. That's it. So, that is proper use of our free will. So, Krishna is informing us. After, you see that verse when he says, Yatha chese tathakuru, do as you wish. That is right at the end of Bhagavad Gita, you know. After he spoke the entire Bhagavad Gita, he is saying, do as you wish. Arjuna was already doing as he was wishing. He said, I am not going to fight. Now, after informing everything, Krishna is saying, do as you wish. But this time, Arjuna said, I am going to fight. <laughs> because now he understands. Without understanding is when he want, he is he misused his free will, and after understanding is when he actually uses free will. So in that way, Krishna is always the controller. He always awards us the results of our good or bad activities, or our transcendental activities of devotional service. So we entirely depend on him for our results, but we have to act according to. His order, otherwise we will suffer. That is where free will and fate or controller are both at the same time there. I hope that was understandable. Yeah, Dheeraj has already posted this Shastra Chakshu episode of free will versus fate. Yeah, this is a YouTube video I did on free will and fate. I think I'll just put a share that here. Yeah, there it goes. Free will versus fate. But I like to repeat this answer every time. Why? Because I like refreshing it again. It's good to repeat because, of course, don't ask me the same question every AMAM session. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. But, you know, it's good to always think through the whole explanation again and again from different angles when you approach. And it's fresh in your mind. Otherwise, you, you also will forget, you know. Okay. So... Next question by Kaka Singh again. Second question by Kaka Singh. So, how do you get people on this path of Krishna consciousness? When they are barely interested in spirituality and specially dislike religions, just introduce Prabhupada books. Yeah, Prabhupada's books. So first of all, they have a skewed perspective of what religion is. They think they think religion is some dogma without any proper explanation of anything. See, the thing is, people want happiness, and people want their curiosity satisfied. When these two things are offered nicely, then they will accept. Now, Srila Prabhupada went to America and then he offered this Krishna consciousness movement. He chanted, he gave them prasadam, he spoke on Bhagavad Gita and philosophy and they got attracted. Why? They were not... In fact, the Christian pastors of America, they were, they were telling Prabhupada, I mean, these boys were our boys. They were never interested in religion. They would be stay far away from religion. They would never come to the church. 
but now they are mad after god how is this possible what have you done you know so they asked prabhupada like that so of course prabhupada said that you see of course religion also has to be that's why they it has to be properly presented when it is presented by a pure devotee the, this is the mercy of the pure devotee that acts and the pure devotee's mercy is that he knows how to awaken people to god consciousness hmm the thing is although we may i mean people of this world especially nowadays they want to stay away from religion but they still do things like so called religious people do they still follow some cult they have some they a part of a fan club of somebody you know they like somebody and they follow him or her you know people always look for a leader always without exception they have some inspiration in their life they look up to so that happens always so why not that inspiration be god and his devotees hmm. uh, because of their desires are misplaced now now to awaken that we uh, only the dust of a pure devotee there is a nice is nicely explained here in the shrimad bhagavatam prahlad maharaj explains Seven five. Thirty two. Naisham matistava durukramangrim. Sprishat yanarthapagamoyadartha. Mahiyasam padarajo bishekam. Nishkinchananam navranita yavat. Unless they smear upon their bodies the dust of the lotus feet of a Vaishnava, completely freed from material contamination. persons very much inclined towards ma- toward materialistic life cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the lord who is glorified for his uncommon activities only by becoming krishna conscious and taking shelter at the lotus feet of the lord in this way can one be freed from material contamination in other words unless one is blessed by the pure devotee of krishna they cannot they cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the lord so I myself was, for example, I was not interested in religion so much at all. I just saw religion as a very irritating thing. I mean, when I did not understand anything, when before I came in contact with Sri Prabhupada's books, before I contacted the Bhagavad Gita, I was thinking, I mean, we are going to, I mean, temples and all that, but I mean, what is the point? What is the point? We require more science, more logical, and more. So I was always thinking like that. I never knew. that actually bhagavad gita is the most logical book it's the most scientific book because it was never presented by a pure devotee until then so but when i contacted it i mean this is my personal experience then it started to change my perspective wow i was i was stunned wow bhagavad gita is so scientific so logical i never expected it to be no so uh, the thing is people want to be happy and people want their curiosity satisfied because they have this idea that religion is not a thing that can satisfy your curiosity rather it will just tell you oh you do this otherwise you'll go to hell instead of giving actually answers therefore they don't really they don't want, they don't want to be controlled by anything see and i think happiness means to enjoy the senses and in religion there is restriction of sense gratification they don't like that so these are the things that stum- are stumbling blocks in their way to accepting religion Mm. So, firstly, that's why if you see Sri Prabhupada how he uh, 
present at Krishna consciousness. Yes, there are many rules here. Yes. But the rules one will follow when one understands the reason why we should follow. For example, everybody follows traffic rules, right? Now we know that if I don't follow the rules, I will meet with an accident. I can't reach my destination. Now, nobody likes to stop at a red light. Nobody likes to stop when one is driving. He will always think, hope that all the eyes will always be green. When he comes, it should turn green. I don't know if you have driven before. But if, <laughs> those who drive, they can understand this. They, Especially when they want to get quickly to from one place to another, they just hope that every place will be green. All the lights should be green and then I should just go on and on without stopping. But red light comes and we have to stop. What if I say that, oh, no, no, I don't want to any rules. I don't want any rules. I just want to go. I want to reach my destination. I want to go fast. The problem is, if we don't follow the rules, we will not reach our destination. We may reach another destination. Hell, maybe. <laughs> we will die and go to hell, maybe. That will happen. But that destination we may reach. But ultimately, we, we, it's going to be destructive for everybody, right? So, we have to follow the rules. So... First of all, we have to know what is the destination of our life. And we cannot speculate on that. We can never speculate on that. We can never adequately come to a conclusion on what is the aim of, aim of life. What will give us ultimate happiness? Everybody is in search for happiness, but what will give us ultimate happiness? That can only be found when, when Krishna gives the answer. Actually, we have to connect back with him. We all find happiness in relationships. That's one thing. Now, that's why we get into relationships. Not only I'm not talking about just a man and a woman, but any relationship, whether as a friend and friend, and or parents and children, or you know, um, servant and master, whatever it is, whatever it is, we engage in relation. Even if you are working for someone, a boss, that relationship is also a relationship, whether it's abusive relationship or a favorable one or whatever it is, it is still a relationship because you get something out of it. You get a salary out of it. Hmm. So that's still a relationship. You So we engage in relationships for satisfaction, for increasing our happiness. Now, the problem is we are cultivating relationships with imperfect people of this world. We have to cultivate our relationship with Krishna. So something which everybody is already looking for, something which everybody is already doing, if the pure devotee, the way Prabhupada presented it, is that everybody is serving someone. Whether you are religious or not, you are presenting, you are serving someone. And he also said, Janma Mrityu Dukkha Doshanu Darshanam, birth, death, old age and disease. This is not a Hindu problem. This is not a Muslim problem. This is not a Christian problem. This is not an atheist problem. This is a problem everybody faces. So religion is not just like a, oh, you know, uh, only for Hindus or you know, Muslims or Christians. No. It is something whether even you are atheist, you are you are having these problems. You, are, you need a solution for these problems. Birth, death, old age and disease. Yeah? This is scientific. We are talking about universal application here. So, uh, when we present it as a universal application, Bhagavad Gita and our Sanatana Dharma, actually it is universal. But it was misunderstood as a dogmatic cultish or, 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 or you know, belonging to a certain sect of people. A sectarian thought of religion. That is... A, misunderstanding of religion if they understand that religion is actually all-encompassing and it actually has complete solution for all our problems which we face in life and happiness can be achieved and if they understand 
the importance of Krishna consciousness, they will be willing to follow the rules and regulations. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada said, when I went to, this is what he said, I mean, when he went to America, if I would have presented it to the people of America that you have to stop meat-eating, illicit sex, gambling, intoxication, they would have been kicked me out, kicked me out right of, out of America. You came to Boston Harbor, you go back, go back now to Bombay. They would have said that. Ah, or Kolkata, wherever it came from. So, they would ask him, ask him to go back to India. So, what he did, he did not tell the rules first. He introduced Krishna chanting, Krishna prasadam and nice philosophy and satisfy their inquisitiveness. Then, once they become interested, oh, wow, yeah, okay, I really want this. Uh, yes, then there is a method how to, then come the rules. Then they will voluntarily, how many devotees in America, I mean, Europe and everywhere, all over the world, thousands of them voluntarily followed all the rules and regulations. Why? Because they understand the importance of them. So, first, yena tena prakarena mana krishna niveshe yet. So, somehow or other, they have to be attracted towards Krishna. And that can be either through prasadam, give them some nice prasadam. Oh, Prabhu, many people come to us and say, oh, Prabhu, I came to Rathyatra once. I, I really like the prasadam. Whether they like the chariot, whether they like the kirtan or not, whether books and all the things that we are doing there, they like or not, one thing they like, prasadam. So, at least they are... They're getting attracted. Even though I, I also, when I first started coming to the temple, I was eating prasadam every day, every time I would look forward to the prasadam in the temple. I would come to the temple and have a nice prasadam. I used to like the prasadam. So, <laughs> so somehow or other, and then I, of course, chanting and philosophy. I have I was so very inquisitive. So, the philosophy satisfied my curiosity. So, in this way, once I was satisfied, then automatically you will want to follow 16 rounds, follow the four principles and all the rules and regulations you will want to follow. Now, it is not to be forced, but um, by that um, knowledge, his free will, he will start to use it properly. Okay, okay, you know what, I, I really want to follow this. Uh, that's when you can introduce more rules and more rules. And it's not that make it you know, only rules. You know, the spirit of the rule also should be there. And Srila Prabhupada introduced rules as much as we can actually follow. 16 rounds, follow the four principles and all, you know. So that we can comfortably, the rules should not be to the extent that we forget the real aim of those rules. Again, uh, they should be in this, the, the law, the spirit of the law should not be forgotten while following the law. So, we have to understand all these aspects in it. So, all the rules and everything, regulations, everything come in place. And yes, then we follow all these things, then we walk. I mean, we will automatically want to follow. So first, so um, your question was how to bring, make them in, I mean, bring them on the path of Krishna consciousness when they are barely interested. So give them prasadam, give them a book, you know, talk about subjects that they are interested in and then connect it to Krishna and then convince them to take a book. Oh, you are into, uh, say, painting? Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. So have you ever considered that, you know, um, the, the scenery that everybody draws or you know some rose or woman or whatever an artist draws is based off of something they see in this world and have you ever thought that who has created those perfect scenic beauty of nature who was the painter of that who is the artist and if somebody is a chemist oh, who, who did the chemicals you know uh, that the orange this orange has so much chemical inside so where did this chemical come from some chemist has put this inside how did that happen? Have you ever wondered? So, spark the curiousness. I mean, 
then making question oh okay that's good okay that makes sense okay then krishna is the one so how can you not accept god <clears throat> so somewhere so anyway if we don't know anything or if we know also our main thing is to bring them to prabhupada's books to get them interested give them prasadam give them holy name give them books prabhupad books give them all these things and if they take it up that's a good fortune it's not that every seed sown will grow into a plant when it is sown on a barren land it will not grow so some people they will take the book maybe they will not start immediately but it may they may start after many many years they may pick up that book oh what is this book huh? collecting some dust they will be clearing their uh, maybe the <coughs> spring cleaning or what what is this book what book is this oh they'll read one page hey wow this book is nice what is this book and then actually when start reading and then you become devotee you never know i think i think the other day somebody shared this beautiful story with me on whatsapp so uh, a group of russian devotees were in india and um, it's a very interesting story how the russian devotee actually came to devotional service basically he was a butcher he was a he was cutting animals in a slaughterhouse that was his job and uh, devotees you know they were sing- singing and you know and they sold some books to some of those butchers and some of the butchers uh, okay okay you know take some book again but <clears throat> for some reason they just tore the books and threw it and one of the other colleagues of them they he was you know uh, he was cutting all day and then the whole uh, what is that his hands were full of blood and you know, just wash a little bit and still some blood was there you know clothes were full of blood stains he was just sitting for a while just taking a little bit rest and then he found a paper a paper happened with a torn part of the book and he he was just reading one one page of it you know this side and the other side and he read it wow hey i want to see this book full book where is the full, uh, full book of this and then he said actually we threw actually you know what you can find this from the those people who come and you know sing and dance you can find from them i think they have a some temple or something nearby i think you can go there and get these books oh really then he went there he found the temple he he found those devotees chanting on the streets then he asked them where is this uh, where where are you from and he bought a book also and then in fact he became a devotee and he was seen in vrindavan fully devotee and you know indian um, indian devotee he was he asked them their story then he was stunned at uh, you know hearing the story wow butcher was killing animals took prabhupad book and changed his life completely and he became a devotee and he was seen in vrindavan wow so Prabhupada's books are very very powerful we you know we have to have that understanding that Prabhupada's books are you know we don't even know the magnitude of the power of his books and actually anybody who reads Prabhupada's books they will understand how powerful they are hmm. so yeah so somehow or other get the book in his hand and make him read once he reads he will start to accept wow that was a long answer next question by sanita sharma okay next question by sunita sharma hari krishna prabhu should we only try to think of krishna but not krishna's expansions so that at the time of death only thinking of krishna can enable one to go back home back to godhead would someone thinking of say narasimha or rama can also go back to godhead yeah he can definitely go back to godhead whichever expansion of krishna 
But Sri Prabhupada, especially Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also, when he went to South India, he was trying to convert everybody, even Lakshmi Narayan worshippers, Sita Ram worshippers, everybody. He was converting them to Krishna, Radha Krishna worshippers. Why? Because it's the highest. He was introducing everybody to that, you know. And here he writes, Prabhupada writes, Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter. Our Sampradaya is like that, you know. 1865 purport these words what are these words always think of me become my devotee worship me and offer your homage unto me thus you will come to me without fail I promise you this because you are, you are my very dear friend so Krishna is saying always think of me become my devotee worship me and offer your homage unto me so Sri Prabhupada is explaining here These words stress that one should concentrate his mind upon Krishna, the very form with two hands carrying a flute, the bluish boy with a beautiful face and peacock feathers in his hair. These are descriptions of Krishna found in the Brahma Samhita and other literatures. One should fix his mind on this original form of Godhead Krishna. One should not even divert his attention to other forms of the Lord. The Lord has multi-forms as Vishnu, Narayana, Rama, Varaha, etc. But a devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before Arjuna. See? Concentration of the mind on the form of Krishna constitutes the most confidential part of knowledge and this is disclosed to Arjuna because Arjuna is the most dear friend of Krishna's. I think uh, the moderator has included a link here. Link to Q&A video. Why is worship of Krishna higher than worship of his other forms? So you can watch this video. There is more elaborate explanation here also. Okay. Alright. Greg Prabhu is asking from UK. Ajamil went back from chanting Narayana. So that means all Krishna incarnations. Yeah, I mean, any name of Krishna is as powerful. I mean, very powerful. Any name you chant, you go back to Godhead. But especially in our Sampradaya, we are advocates of Krishna worship and Radha Krishna worship even in that. So we have to carry forward the spirit of our Sampradaya. And it's the highest, of course, on all rasas or all relationships with Krishna, Radha Krishna love is the highest and um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced us to that and Srila Prabhupada also introduced us to that. Same. Ajanya, okay, fourth question. But anyway, we don't have many questions. So Then the soul should take many births for the purification and enter into real bhakti? Well, I'll just put the question on the screen now. So, does the soul have to take many births for purification and enter into real bhakti? Well, it depends on our sincerity, you know, on our, how serious we take it up. Like the that... Um, verse is there, no? CC Adi Adilila 8th chapter 16th verse Bahujanma Karejadi Shravana Kirtan Tabutana Pai Krishna Pade Premadhan. If one is infested with the 10 offenses in the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, despite his endeavor to chant the holy name for many births, he will not get the love of Godhead, that is the ultimate goal of this chanting. So, see, 
so if we so if we commit offenses then it will take millions of births if we do it uh, without offenses then one birth is enough like ajamil he was so sinful uh, he almost died then vishnu tutas came and saved him and then remaining remainder of his life he went to haridwar and chanted the name of narayan and went back to godhead in that very life khatwanga in the one moment he made all perfection maharaj khatwanga so uh, Prabhupada says one moment is enough to become completely Krishna conscious. So we are talking about enough, but then that enough is depending on every other condition met. If we meet every other condition, yes, it means without any offense, if we completely surrender to Krishna, yes. Sarva dharman parityajya mamekam saranam raja aham tam sarva bape bhyo mokshe shama masucha. So Krishna is saying, Prabhupada said, are you not reading Bhagavad Gita? <laughs> One, one devotee asked Prabhupada a similar question like what you asked. Um, how long will it take um, you know, for perfection? Prabhupada said, you are not reading Bhagavad Gita. Then Krishna is saying, you surrender to me immediately, I will take you all, take away all of your sinful reactions. But then the question is, we want only the taking away of the sinful reaction, but the surrender part we don't want to do. That's the problem. So the thing is, we have to surrender. We cannot only want one thing and not do the other thing. Aham Tvam Sarva, what is that? Sarva Dharman Parityajyam Maamekam Sharanam Braja. We have to surrender. That we have to do. So that surrender involves, surrender does not mean, okay Prabhu, I have joined full time, so I am now surrendered. No, that is not. That is the beginning of surrender. Okay. But still, there are many things in our mind playing. We are not completely in line with complete cooperation with Krishna. If we are, then we are pure devotees. So, we still have the separatist mentality. So, that has to be curbed. Uh, so, for that, we have to take it up seriously and then correct our mistakes as we go and then try to avoid the offenses as much as possible and then pray to Krishna for, you know, pray to Srila Prabhupada for strength and pray to the Vaishnavas, always meek, be meek and humble. Pranada Amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahari. To become completely Krishna conscious, meek and humble is the answer. But that is the humility. I mean, surrender means hum- humility. If there is no humility, where is the surrender? Right? So, that is the principal factor of surrender. Humility. So, that humble, how to become humble? Even in devotional life, we have so much pride. Sometimes. I mean, in the beginning, all the way. Until one becomes a pure devotee, one has pride. So, the pride has to be constantly beaten up, beat up, mercilessly beaten up. <laughs> so, Bhagavad Saraswati Thakur said, beat your mind 100 times with the shoes in the morning, 100 times with the broomstick in the night. Don't give it any chance because it's the biggest problem, biggest enemy. Because it gives us pride. So, uh, so always remember that uh, we are only a small speck of dust and we are nothing more than that. We would always try to improve ourselves and become a proper devotee. If you are serious, then one life enough. This one life and then go back to God. And that's what is wanted. In fact, if we come many other lives, then we are troubling our spiritual master. Because every time we come, the spiritual master also comes and you know tries to deliver us. So, we should not give trouble to our spiritual master also. So, we should try our best. At the same time, we should think we are the worst. Uh, we should think that, okay, everybody is better than me. I should learn from them. Instead of Becoming the big boss and finding all faults of everybody as if I am like the faultless, you know. So, of course, when one is a Shiksha Guru 
or one is training others we have to he has to find fault that is his job that is his service his service is to find fault in that but one has to come to a certain standard to be able to do that not that you know i join today full time tomorrow i'll come and boss around everybody no so and learn you know being a proper devotee even that correcting also should be done with affection just like mother when she corrects a child even though she beats or whatever she doesn't lose affection for the child not that she hates the child no so one can only do it properly when one is you know sufficiently advanced now with proper the correction should come from a place of uh, concern not in a place of fault finding and make a you know you know fight with that person no that is not proper as jesus also said you know hate the sin not the sinner hate the sin not the sinner so if we hate the sinner we can't preach we should hate what he is doing but we therefore we should correct him but if we hate the person who is doing that then how to there is no compassion anymore right how can we preach to somebody whom we have no compassion for so we have to have concern we have to think that everybody is our family yeah. and you know help them correcting them means helping them in that mood we have to correct them not to humiliate them or not to of course sometimes it it, it involves humiliation <laughs> that's also good you know sometimes i mean we had experience i mean when we were trained uh, sundar gopal prabhu it's not that you always humiliate but sometimes humiliate but that's good i mean we, we should know how to take such chastisement also you see so that is good for us um so sometimes humiliation will you know put things in proper perspective for us yeah. but it is not that the devotees do it just to humiliate the person no he cares for that person he wants that person to change hmm. <coughs> there was one incident where one devotee was um, fanning this chamara and prabhupad was sitting <coughs> i think it was shrutakirti prabhu i think so prabhupad was sitting in vrindavan i think vrindavan or uh, somewhere in india <coughs> and in india there is this uh, so many mosquitoes right so this uh, western devotee he was uh, fanning the chamara and he you know, prabhupad was sitting you know evening evening darshan he was giving and then so many devotees were sitting on the ground and he was sitting on a seat and then this devotee was just beside prabhupad you know he was fanning and he wanted to do it very gracefully you know like you know like you know like this and you know, like some, you know, so that maybe other devotees will appreciate or something so he was doing very gracefully and you know slowly you know but then the mosquitoes were biting prabhupad <laughs> prabhupad said can you get somebody here with some intelligence <laughs> he was humiliated straight <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, he was called a fool right in front of all the devotees and whoever newcomers, whoever guests were there. <laughs> Prabhu was saying, "Can you get here some? Can you get somebody here with some intelligence? Because the thing has to be fanned, you know, like uh, with more force, so that the the chamara, you know, the the the, the what is that called? The 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 hairs of the chamara whisk. It's supposed to. There is no gap in that, so no mosquitoes can actually, you know, if the if it is done properly mosquitoes will not stay and anyway even if mosquitoes are there sometimes we fan ourselves with something whatever fan right that is the point 
not to do it gracefully you know like look good in photos and in video clips of prabhupada you know look good <laughs> that's not the idea of <laughs> fanning him right <laughs> so prabhupada just you know can you get him here somebody with intelligence and many instances i mean he also i mean <laughs> humiliated them but of course the devotees took it in the right spirit so we have to be sportive enough to actually take it in the right spirit and <laughs> once what happened <laughs> you know uh who was that gargamuni prabhu okay so he was um, um preaching in africa and for some reason i think he went back to america and then he was saying um he was saying to prabhupad prabhupad you know uh, what is the use of preaching in africa because uh you know all the i mean the negroes are you know not very advanced in their understanding and they're not very intelligent people i mean should it should we really continue preaching there in africa uh rather i would spend my time in some other place where there are more intelligent people and prabhupad heard that and he said you are a white negro <laughs> and in front of all the devotees <laughs> gargamuni could not stop his laughter he immediately understood his mistake because he was lo- he was mentioning the word negro as somebody downtrodden and you know, or somebody like looking down on them and um prabhupada said you are a white negro means he you are a low class man although you are in a white skin you are the low class man if you think that krishna consciousness is not necessary for them and if you can you know this is not necessary then you are low class they say call him you are a white negro <laughs> then gargamuni came out of the room and said wow prabhu just called me a white negro you know <laughs> so, so like that you know he you know they know how to use this you see and we have to also as learning devotees we have to take it in a right spirit of being willing to be corrected and willing to be chastised willing to be even humiliated of course if the devotees won't particularly want to humiliate you but even if it happens uh, in 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 the course of being corrected let it be so so that uh, embarrassment will is a good uh, you know uh, way to learn so i'll never do that mistake again you see so like that uh i think varajkishor's question was answered okay sunita sharma mataji is asking jay yogamaya jay subhadra which song is that no no it's not a song by itself but we sing right jay jagannath jay jagannath song i mean not song i mean when the jagannath deities we say jay jagannath jay jagannath jay baladeva jay subhadra jay yogamaya jay subhadra jay yogamaya jay subhadra so that's when we are saying jay yogamaya jay subhadra so yogamaya subhadra i mean in the uh, where is that bhadra wait <coughs> krishna gave the name i mean to his sister right in the 10th canto 4th chapter 13th verse iti prabhashya tam devi maya bhagavati bhuvi bahu nama niketeshu bahu nama babhuvaha after speaking to kamsa in this way the goddess durga yogamaya appeared in different places such as varanasi and became celebrated by different names such as annapurna durga kali and bhadra see bhadra also means subhadra 
actually there is a i think uh, part of uh, amam which i i think the first amam where the subhadra mention of subhadra is there i mean as bhadra here <coughs> and also other references i think I, i did a video on that one maybe that link also can be shared and actually krishna also says wait krishna himself says wait a second 10 Sri Vishnu Sakrutha Thakur states that the seven gopis mentioned so far in this chapter are the first seven eight of the eight principal gopis. The Acharya quotes a verse from the Sri Vaishnava Toshani. This is something else. Oh, this is something else. Um, yeah, it's somewhere there only. Ah, oh, this one. Ten, two, eleven, and twelve. Namadheyani kurvanti sthanani chanarabhuvi. दुर्गेति भद्रकाली विजया वैष्णवी कुमुदा चंडिका कृष्णा माधवी कन्यकेती माया नारायणी शानी शारदेतीदेत्यंबिकेती लॉर्ड कृष्ण ब्लेस्ड माया देवी बाय सेइंग इन डिफरेंट प्लेसेस ऑन द सर्फेस ऑफ द अर्थ पीपल विल गिव यू डिफरेंट नेम सच एस दुर्गा भद्रकाली विजया वैष्णवी कुमुदा चंडिका कृष्णा माधवी कन्यका माया नारायणी ईशानी शारदा एंड अंबिका नाउ इवन दिस इन भद्रकाली इज वन नेम ऑफ कोर्स वी नो इज कालीज नेम बट आल्सो इट इज भद्रा एंड काली आल्सो काली एंड आल्सो भद्रा भद्रा आल्सो कैन मीन सुभद्रा सो इन दैट वे इनडायरेक्टली इट इज मेंशन सुभद्रा मीन्स वेरी ऑस्पिशियक्चुअली अभद्राणी द इनऑस्पिशियस थिंग्स इन द हार्ट विल बी वैंक्विश्ड वेन वी हियर अबाउट कृष्णा सो अभद्राणी मीन्स इनऑस्पिशियस भद्रा मीन्स ऑस्पिशियस सुभद्रा मीन्स वेरी ऑस्पिशियस सो दिस योगमाया इज वेरी ऑस्पिशियस एनर्जी ऑफ कृष्णा बिकॉज इट गिव्स ब्रिंग्स एस बैक टू कृष्णा राइट नेक्स्ट धीरज क्वेश्चन What is the difference between Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavat? Well, there are two different scriptures. They are Chaitanya Charitamrita written by Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. Chaitanya Bhagavat originally it was its name was Chaitanya Mangal, written by Vrindavan Das Thakur. Uh, and later on it was named Chaitanya Bhagavat because there was another Chaitanya Mangal which came, and it was written by I think Lochan Das Thakur. And therefore, this original Chaitanya Mangal was renamed as Chaitanya Bhagavat. So. there are different books on biographies of chaitanya mahaprabhu and chaitanya bhagavat uh, there is so much explanation of his uh, leela in the of the first half of his life whereas chaitanya charitamrita has most of the explanations from the second half second half of his life like what he did as a child all his pastimes as a child and youth they are very much uh, in the chaitanya bhagavat in the chaitanya charitamrita they are briefly only mentioned because krishna das kaviraj goswami did not want to repeat himself Uh, repeat what vrindavan das thakur has already said in the chaitanya bhagavat so therefore he briefly only summarized them and then went on to describe his pastimes uh, especially in the second half of his life when he took sanyas chaitanya mahaprabhu stayed for 48 years in this world and 24 years he was as a childhood and grihastha life and the rest 24 years he was as a sanyasi so that part is mainly focused upon in chaitanya charitamrita 
and there's so much philosophical discussions and everything whereas in um, even chaitanya mahaprabhu there is a lot of philosophy but at the same time there is also the naughty pastimes of chaitanya mahaprabhu when he was in his childhood and youth he was very very naughty chaitanya mahaprabhu extremely naughty so all those things are not mentioned in chaitanya charitamrita but chaitanya mahaprabhu next question by diana itwaro dayan itwaro sorry if i'm messing up your name um listening from canada wow thank you very much i mean i really appreciate that what's the time there i mean i think it's right in the morning i think i guess i think you're 15 hours or 13 hours behind me so i mean i'm very thankful that you're listening all the way from canada thank you so much for these classes prabhu what's the difference between lord narasimhadev and lord varaha well lord narasimhadev is half man half lion lord varaha is a boar in the boar incarnation in lord varaha incarnation he there are two varaha there is a red varaha and white varaha this is our kalpa is shweta varaha white varaha kalpa so uh, in the red varaha he fought with the hiranyaksha in narasimhadev he fought against hiranyakashipu the brother of hiranyaksha and um, white varaha he still lifted the earth but then he did not fight anything with uh, hiranyaksha there was lifting of the earth but no fighting of fighting with hiranyaksha in the white varaha so yeah i mean there are uh, full pastimes of varaha and narasimhadev in the bhagavatam you can go and read i think varaha pastime comes in the third canto and uh, narasimhadev pastime comes in the seventh canto you can fully read them all right so i think that's the end of the session right yeah i guess that's the end of the session thank you very much what's the time now wow almost 10:30 thank you shila prabhupad ki jai ananta kodi vaishnav vrind ki jai nitai gaur premanande hari hari bol hare krishna